All right, we're going to finish off our time. Uh, we've been doing a little series here called Jesus Fascination, uh, talking about the various ways, uh, you know, why we're fascinated with Jesus. And there are a lot of different reasons, and uh, the reason today we're going to look at is his compassion. Uh, Jesus was incredibly compassionate. And it's one of the reasons why you see him hanging around tax collectors and sinners and folks like you and I, uh, and, and they love Jesus. Uh, they weren't hanging out with the religious folks, the Pharisees, the religious folks of the day weren't hanging out with them, but they were hanging out with Jesus because they did not feel judgment from Jesus, but they felt compassion. And there's just so many incredible stories in the Gospels about this compassion Jesus had for, for folks that many others looked down upon. And, and I just want to read one, one of those stories, and that is found in John chapter 8. It says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. And they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And of course, they made her stand in front of this group of religious folks. And of course, in that day, you know, the guy's not there, just the woman. Uh, in, the law of Mo in the law of Moses, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And it would be awesome if we really followed what Jesus said here. <laughs> Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Yet we see a lot of stone throwing in these days. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. And this order, of course, is very important to the ministry of Jesus. I don't condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. The religious system always wants that the other way around. You know, you better straighten up and fix all your mistakes and, you know, then I'm going to love you. I don't condemn you was how Jesus put this. Uh, this is compassion, and um, you know what is compassion? As we talk about this today, it is first of all there's a mental component, recognizing suffering. Uh, there's a heart component, component, feeling emotionally moved by that suffering, and there's this wanting to do something about it component, where you're hoping for relief of that suffering, and if you can, a readiness to take action to relieve that suffering. And and God, right from the very beginning is described as a God who is filled with compassion. In fact, there's an interesting story uh, in Exodus, where in Exodus 33, Moses is, is wanting to see God. I mean, he keeps having these revelations, and he's like, God, I want to see you. I actually want to see your glory. And he says to God, show me your glorious presence. And God actually answers him and says... I will make all my goodness pass before you. I'm going to reveal my presence to you. 
And God does. Later on in Exodus 34, it says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name. So God, he reveals his name. God has a name. And he says, My name is Yahweh. And sometimes you hear that name mentioned in a song or in a text that is actually the, the name of God which he revealed, though we're not 100% sure on how it's pronounced because the original Hebrew text did not have uh, vowels in it, and for the longest time, people didn't pronounce God's name, so we're not 100% sure. We know the consonants, but not the vowels. But most people think his name is Yahweh. And so the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. It is interesting that the very first word that God uses to describe himself is compassionate. Now, what word would, would you choose if you said, you know, pick a word to self-describe yourself? What would that word be? God chose compassionate. Out of all the things God could be or is, uh, all the things that describe God, God says, you know, the word I'm going to use first to describe myself is I'm compassionate. That Yahweh the Lord, I am the, the God of compassion. And this phrase, of course, is used all throughout the Old Testament. In Psalm 86, you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And we see the same thing in Psalm 103 and various places in the Old Testament that God primarily, first of all, reveals himself as a God of compassion. And then we go into the New Testament and uh, we see Jesus, of course, who is who's the revealer of of who God is. And we have this, you know, cool little verse in John chapter 1, which begins with, no one has ever seen God, which is kind of weird because we just saw that Moses saw God in the Old Testament. But, but John has the audacity to say, no one has ever seen God, at least as clearly as we do as in Jesus, because the text says, no one has ever seen God. It's talking about the, old, the, the entire Old Testament. But the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart he has revealed God to us. And this is speaking of Jesus, that Jesus is the one when we look at, we, we see God. And of course, when we look at Jesus, we see the same theme, compassion, that he is this compassionate one. And you just trace like the gospel of Matthew, Matthew and you see this compassion all over Jesus, which means this compassion is all over the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Or Matthew 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Or Matthew 15, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Or Matthew 20, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And Mark chapter 1, he's moved with compassion. And we see this all through the gospels that Jesus was incredibly compassionate. Again, this is revealing who God is, but of course, this is who Jesus was personally. Just when he saw people, he had this incredible heart of compassion. And nothing has changed that when Jesus sees you today in your story, in your situation today, he has compassion for you. He, he sees you, he knows you, and he has this heart of compassion for you. And out of that, as we follow Jesus and are called to follow in his footsteps, uh, we are called to walk in the same kind of compassion as, 
other spots in the New Testament encourage us to do, to be kind and compassionate to one another. Or Colossians 3 is God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And notice the very first thing here he mentions is to clothe yourself with compassion. Or 1 Peter 3, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. That as God walked in compassion, as Jesus walked in compassion, we are to walk in compassion in this world. Uh, we see this in, uh, as well, Luke chapter 6. It's one of those things that Jesus said right here, which is very challenging <laughs> to do. Uh, he says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. And so again, this theme is just through all the New Testament in Jesus' teaching that we are to walk in compassion because God is compassionate. And if we want to walk in God's footsteps and if we want to follow Jesus, it means we got to work on compassion and we got to allow our hearts to have more and more compassion for every single person we run into. And, uh, and this is just helpful spiritually. This is helpful in so many ways, even not, not just folks in the church recognize this, but folks even outside the church recognize this. As, as uh, one smart person said, uh, when you commit to practicing compassion, your relationships become, much, become more intimate. Negative feelings will start to lessen. Your mind becomes quieter, allowing you to receive clear inner guidance. You become more attractive to people you meet because they can feel your heart. You're more likely to find your calling. You feel the deep fulfillment of knowing you're contributing to a more loving world. I mean, there's just lots of reasons to be compassionate. And uh, of course, uh, we, we want to follow Jesus and we want to make this world a better place. We are to be people who are you know, wanting God's kingdom to come, which is a kingdom of love. And that requires us to walk in compassion. And the good thing is, and they've shown this in lots of studies, that you can grow in compassion. That compassion is, as studies have shown, it's like a muscle. The more you work it, the more you become compassionate. The more you don't be compassionate, the less compassionate you become. So how do we grow in compassion? And of course, we've got to start with the Spirit. Um, because God is compassionate, uh, and the, this, the idea that God is in us, that helps a lot. I mean, we talked last week about Jesus when he said, I am in the Father, and, in, and we're in Jesus, and Jesus is in us, that, that we are actually right in this moment saturated in the presence of God. And his presence is manifested uh, primarily as compassion. And so compassion is actually not far from us. It is very close to us. It is in us and is around us. And so it's, we don't have to reach very far to even tap into this compassion because there's a, there's a sense that we are already saturated in compassion. We just need to let go of our pride and our ego, which kind of gets in the way, and just allow the Spirit to flow through us onto others. As Galatians 5 says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all those things are related to compassion, of course. 
Now, a few other things. Um, second, you got to learn how to have compassion on your own self. This actually goes a long way in helping you to have compassion on others. And sometimes this isn't talked enough about in church because sometimes people are afraid of, you know, thinking, talking about self-love and those kind of things. But it's actually very, very important in order to have compassion on others. If you don't see yourself as human, you're not going to see others as human. If you don't allow yourself to make mistakes and, you know, kind of live with that in a sort of a positive way, you're not going to allow others to make mistakes. In fact, this is where negative religion comes from. And when things go bad in the church, it always comes from folks who do not have compassion on themselves that, you know, you know, I'm failing and I got to obey all the rules and the laws and I got to, I got to do better and try harder. And as soon as you begin to think that, then you will look at others and you will think that they got to do that. You better follow all the rules and you better ship up and shape up and you better do more devotions and you, 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 because me, me, me have to do better. But there's something when you actually begin to learn to have compassion on yourself, that you're able to look at others and have compassion on them. Um, I mean, sometimes when we look in the mirror, we can beat ourselves up. You know, you're not doing good enough or we can fill ourselves with guilt and shame. In fact, studies have shown that most people can't actually look at the mirror for 10 minutes and look at themselves because they actually feel far worse about themselves. I mean, if you understand the work of Jesus in you and understand self-compassion, you should be able to look at yourself for a long time and love yourself. Why? Because Jesus loves you. I mean, we're to love the things that Jesus loves. I mean, if I started listing all the things that Jesus loved, you'd be like, yeah, I'd love that. I'm going to love that because God loves that. Well, he loves you. And you should be able to look in the mirror and say, you know, I love that person. Yeah, they mess up and they don't have everything together, but that's okay because I'm human. And, and, you know, I have compassion on that person I'm looking at in the mirror, which, which should be you. Are you able to have compassion on yourselves? Uh, when you have compassion on yourselves, you can look at others and have compassion on them. Did you have a comment, Jesse? Yeah, well, well, I guess so. I mean, I kind of talked about the beginning. It's um, like mentally being able to associate with somebody. It is, you know, wanting to relieve suffering for course, uh, include forgiveness. Absolutely, yeah. Seeing someone as human, connecting heart to heart. Yeah, empathy. Yeah, please give it, Bruce. For sure, it contained an absence of not shaming or judging that person negatively. And so to be able to do that in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Any other comments on definition? Well, I think the empathy is a really important word. Mm hmm. Sure it is, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Daryl. Yeah. 
Yeah, one exercise you can do, which um, can help if you find yourself not able to have compassion on yourself, is to It changes your heart. And when we're faced with people who are compassionate towards us, that's what gets us back on our feet and, and motivates us to go forward. Judgment and shame don't do that. And, and so the idea is that we need to do that for others. That's how Jesus worked. He would constantly come along with those who were beat up and ostracized, and, and he would touch the lepers that nobody touched. And he would approach the woman at the well who was you know, divorced many times and nobody wanted to go near her. And Jesus draws near because he has this compassion. He assumed people were doing their best. And lastly, um, we've talked about this before, but 
Don't ask what's wrong with people. Ask what's their story. At least do this in your heart. Because often you know, we look at people, especially when they're annoyed, like, what's wrong with you? Especially in this culture, we're living in, especially COVID has, you know, expanded and, and put a fuel to this, you know, offense culture that we're in, because people get offended super easy. Uh, and we get, so what's wrong with you? Rather than, hey, what's your story? And it's what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus saw people. Like in Luke 7, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. When you actually really try to see people and their story and maybe what they're going through and even listen to what Jesus is saying to you, Jesus, how do you see that person? That's a great question. <laughs> or Holy Spirit, how do you see that person? To try to enter into their story rather than what's wrong with you. Because uh, the core of empathy is, is curiosity. And we have a whole book in the Bible that's actually about compassion. You know, that's the book of Jonah. The main point of the book of Jonah it's not about some guy getting swallowed by this crazy whale. The main point of the whole book is, is actually, actually to, to help, help us grow, grow in compassion. compassion. Because in that story, you have the Ninevites who were absolutely hated by, you know, um, the Israelites. Jonah was one of those ones because they had done all kinds of nasty things. And Jonah hated them. And God says, hey, Jonah, will you go and preach to them? And we know what Jonah does. He runs away to Tarshish as far as I can. And we often assume that Jonah ran away because he hated the Ninevites. That's actually not why. If you read carefully, you understand the reason why Jonah ran is because he knew God was compassionate. And he knew that if he was going to go to Nineveh and preach to them, that God was going to have compassion on the people. And Jonah didn't want that because he hated those people. You know, sometimes we actually get offended. And I know people who get offended because God is so loving. God, don't be that loving because you got to get that person. You know, God is just so loving and so compassionate. Sometimes that actually has a heart. We have a hard time with that. And Jonah did. He ran the other direction because he thought God was too compassionate and didn't want to have anything to do with God having compassion on the Ninevites. Anyways, he runs away, gets on the boat, and we know this big magical whale comes up and swallows him and spits him on the, the, on the sea. And then Jonah finally goes to Nineveh, to Nineveh and he preaches the longest sermon ever, five words, and then he leaves. And everybody gives their heart over to, to God in Nineveh. And Jonah is ticked. And in, in, in Jonah chapter 4, he, he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is ticked that God is loving these folks. Do you ever feel that way? Those people you really hate or really get, don't get along with is God. Why do you want to have compassion on them? And because God is asking you to have compassion on them that you just, you know, again, this is why negative religion is easier than following Jesus because it's easy to think that God is angry at them and wants to judge and shame and slam those people because they're your enemies and whoever your enemies is, well, they're God's enemies. And, and here we see it's totally reversed in the book of Jonah. You know, God is loving the enemy and asking Jonah to come along and have compassion on it. Anyways, the story goes on, and Jonah's just so angry at God because God is having compassion on these people. And then he's sitting on the sun, and God has compassion on Jonah. He makes this little magical plant grow overnight, and he gets the shade Jonah. And then Jonah's enjoying the shade in the sun because Jonah's still watching the city, hoping that God's going to change his mind and blow it up. But he doesn't. God sends a little worm along and eats the plant, and the plant withers, and all of a sudden Jonah's hot again. 
and, and he gets so mad that this plant withers. And he's just angry. And he, he wants to die. He's actually so ticked. And God says finally to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he says. I am so angry, I wish I were dead. He's still angry because God was having compassion on the city. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for a great city of Nineveh, which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? And Jonah's so mad at this plant, and, and God is loving the city, and he's like, Jonah, wake up. Would you see these people as humans? Uh, would you try to maybe understand their story? You're so stuck in your anger that you're unable to see these people as, as humans. And sometimes we can get like that. We can get so stuck in our offense that we look at another race or people group or someone who is different than us, and, and we just kind of take offense and rather than trying to see themselves as human and understand their story. I just want to finish uh, just with about a four-minute video, which is kind of an exercise in uh, training ourselves to be compassionate. Because you can walk around this world just thinking about your own self or walk around in this world, you know, taking offense at everybody around you because, you know, they look different or smile at you funny. Or we can walk in this world by trying to look in people's eyes and just saying, God, what is their story? What is on their heart? And it teaches you how to have compassion. And that's what this video is about. It's, a, it's actually just a video put out by, I think, a, a hospital. But uh, it is a good lesson in compassion.